This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted weekend review podcast and i'm billy grant and i'm coming to you after a weekend which was slightly disappointing it has to be said we played leicester leicester came down to new griffin park and uh, another hard fought game it was as the bees didn't quite get the result that we wanted as we went down 2-1 to the mighty leicester who just come back from russia and i'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums i've got laney in the house how are you I'm okay, mate. Yeah, it's uh, been interesting to have 24 hours to kind of kind of digest yesterday. Um, we normally do it straight afterwards, so it's uh, yeah. I think maybe a little bit more measured, probably tonight. We'll see, though. Yeah, I mean a little bit more measured. I mean, saying that we do normally give it 24 hours. It's just that the match is normally on a Saturday, and we do it on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon. But we decided we were going to do it actually Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening this time. But I think it was a little bit raw, and as we were standing in the pub afterwards in the Globe, we were just thinking, I don't know if we can do this. Like you know, we need to leave it 24 hours. So everyone who's been listening out, and I'll tell you something: so many people again keep coming up to us and giving us the props and the hats, the drink water, and all these characters coming up to us. Very much appreciate your support. You know, as we see you at the game, because we don't, we've got no idea who's listening to us half the time. So thank you very much for the support, and don't forget to check out PrideOfWest.London for the post-match podcast from the terraces as well. Got the Allard in the house. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, it was it, quite a long day yesterday in the end. And um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> is that okay considering? I mean, you left out the considering there, the Allard, because there is a considering there, isn't there? Yeah, there is a considering, yeah. It was, um, I, I think I was disappointed, but I think you have to start bringing in a lot of perspective and stuff and then you start thinking of things differently that's kind of where I am that's right I think we're all of the same uh, ilk here as in we're thinking of things differently we're trying to think positively as well but also we try to give a well we try to be kind of sort of really fair about what's going on but listen this is the weekend review podcast every match we review the match from well from the weekend before which is the Brentford match we you know we talk about a number of main points and we quite succinctly talk about them uh, we discuss them and then if there's any points that come out we discuss them 
further in the Thursday podcast, which this week will actually probably be on a Friday because obviously we've got a match on Thursday against Stoke City. So like I said, watch out for that one. But anyway, let's uh, let's crack on. I want to find out, Laney, for you, what was your main takeaway from that match? Well, my main takeaway, considering the 24 hours have elapsed and it's given me an opportunity to watch the highlights again, first half. Um, actually, no, I watched pretty much all of the first half um, on, on the sky. Um, my main takeaway is that we should have scored five goals. Well, we could have scored five goals in the first half. And it didn't actually seem like that afterwards. And it might not have seen that at the time, but... We were really unlucky, I think, and we have been unlucky the last couple of matches. We've lost two games at home on the trot, which is never good, and um, it always kind of uh, it always gives it a slightly. It's, there's nothing positive losing two games ever on the, at home. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, if I let run through them very quickly, Pontus header. Uh, that should have gone in, but then he was punched fully in the head by Schmeichel, which the commentator said was a stonewall pen, and it wasn't even... The referee didn't even look at it, I don't think. Um, the goal that was disallowed, was it actually offside? Um, it's different angles. Um, VAR is the ultimate arbiter on that, but VAR doesn't seem to be doing us any favours at the moment. Mbwemo's miss again. That should have been Norgard's overhead kick again. Um, pulled you know another great save and Ivan Tony header um, uh, which on another day he heads down and Schmeichel tips over five really really good chances um, on top of the one we did score in the second half but yeah my main takeaway is you know it seems like you know we've been found out or we've been done, done over by the Foxes but We've probably done ourselves over, I think. Um, and that's that's a little bit more frustrating. It's, it's a major frustration when, like I said to you, I mean, I came away from that game, and I'll talk about that in a bit as well. And out of the three losses that we've had so far this season, this one is actually the one that hurt the most, um, which technically probably one of the ones that you probably think, mm, OK, whatever. I mean, just, Laney, give us your marks out of 10 for, your, for that match and your main takeaways. Um, I thought the match itself was probably a seven. Um, but it had the makings, really, of kind of a nine or a ten, I'd say. But yeah, no, I'll go for seven. Okay. Um, it, it was it was enjoyable, but just not not really enjoyable. Okay, and the Elards. Um, yeah, my main takeaway is that this Premier League lark, it's not quite as easy as I thought it was. Maybe um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, I, I I guess it was just. I, it just shows that if you don't take, as, as Laney's almost said there, if you don't take advantage of your opportunities, you you will get punished, um, and we got punished, and um, and that that sort of is, I guess, what this league is about. It's what everybody told us this league was about, and we saw it. We saw it against Chelsea, and we saw it. I think even more against Leicester. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Got a question. Do you think that we should have... I mean, the thing about it is that we were all over them. I mean, it's funny because, you know, when you hear the opposition fans, they don't really kind of admit to these things, but we were all over them for the 20 minutes. We didn't score the goals that we could have or should have done. You know, if we did do it, it would have been a completely different game. You know, they got a goal out of the blue. Brilliant goal, admittedly, you know, but then we still came back at them, you know, and eventually got that goal. And again, I felt when we got that goal, they were reeling. Do you think that, you know, we should have maybe have sort of kind of shut up shop a little bit at one all, you know, bearing in mind what um, Leicester are like on the counter attack. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that I did have thought that, but I, I don't think it's our style to be honest. Um, and we had that free kick, and we threw everyone forwards, and we got caught out um, because we were looking for a winner. Simple as that. 
that's what we do. And to be honest, that's how we line up for free kicks. I, I, I say we shouldn't have shut up shop because the chances are Leicester have got that in their locker and, and they're, they're going to score. You know, they're, they're, they're a proper potent team. You know, they scored four against Man United. OK, that may not look so great after them conceding five yesterday, but they score in every game. And then we, we, we do risk the, um, the the dingbats of like, you know, well, well, we, we were looking for the we were looking for the point. You know, um, we, we don't we shouldn't change the way we play. I don't think I think it served us well in this division. We, we 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 lose trying to win, and we win trying to win, and I, and I think that scared a lot of teams, and it will continue to. I think it's our greatest it's our greatest gift is our ability to to not fear attacking. And just just really quickly, I think I think this is what Leicester football fans have watched for many years. They won the Premier League, hitting teams on the counter attack. Um, they had you know negative um, uh, possession and. And, and that, so 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 they're used to it, and and I'm sure that's exactly why they said what they said, and wouldn't give us that many props because they won the league doing what they did to us yesterday. Yeah, I hear that. And for me, I think that for me, uh, the my main takeaway is that you know, we we lost two one. You know, we're lo- we're losing by the odd goal. You know, what I'm saying we're not losing by seven nil. You know, or three nil or four nil at the moment. You know, it's it's the odd goal, and only a Liverpool game is one that actually saw three goals, or you know, more than sort of kind of you know you know quite a plentiful of goals scored against us so I think that's a positive which means that we are always in the game and even though towards the back end of this game it, it seemed to be slipping away with us we'll talk about that a little bit later where the vibe kind of went when we made the substitutions we were still in that game we could have scored and we would have been back in it and we got a draw so I think that's a big positive for us especially going into the next run of games that we're going into as well um, I think the strength in depth or the possible lack of strength in depth as we said as well as the injuries is something that we need to watch out for because I think already and it's only October now and that's actually starting to really take effect for us so I think that's a big takeaway for us when the substitutes came on we went okay let's see how that's going to work out and you know and when we looked at who was on the bench and stuff you know again not taken away from those players but we thought "Mm, okay right okay this is you know as soon as we get two or three players out you know this this is a difference in our side as well Um, the other thing I'd say is I mean you talked about you know um, how we set up and and the fact that you know maybe we should have you don't think we're going to shut up stop this the Kevin Keegan in, in in Brentford the Kevin Keegan in us says uh you know we did it at West Ham and it worked and he, he tried it against Leicester and he won't and do we continue to do that somebody somebody actually kind of sort of said uh, of course if they're doing to it our oh, Brentford are like Blackpool Blackpool back in the day aren't they you know and they're gonna get found out you know they start off brightly and then they're gonna fall off and you know they're not, they haven't got crystal ball so they don't know but the one thing I will say is that our home form at the moment now is probably a little bit more disappointing than I would have thought it was. We would have liked it to have been Fortress Griffin Park, but we've lost, is it three games now? And they've all been at Griffin Park. Okay, mm. they're big teams, but still, you know, and maybe those games where we lost them, maybe we would be looking at hopefully having a draw instead of a loss. So Leicester have a draw, Brighton have a draw, and then it's all of a sudden it's a different story altogether. So maybe we need to have to look at, you know, how we do that. You know, obviously on the pitch, the coaches do that, but as fans as well, because the atmosphere in some games probably could be a little bit better. But anyway, that's the main um, takeaway for myself. Yeah, Lord, give us a marks out of 10 for your your main takeaway and the game. Well, I suppose for the, for the game itself, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of relaying you. I, I thought it was a blistering first half, really, really high scored, but I thought it really petered out, to be honest. Um, so I'm I'm inclined to give it 7 out of 10. Okay, 7, and I'm going to give mine a 7 out of 10 as well. So I think we're across the board there, 7 out of 10 for this one. So look, anyway, but 
we've given our main takeaways away as well, but we're going to go to the opposition. We're going to talk to Jamie, who was on the uh, pre-match podcast as well. Jamie Thorpe, as well, the Leicester fan, and he's going to give us his main takeaways as a Leicester fan. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jamie Thorpe here, big Leicester City fan, here to give a little bit of an insight from a Leicester point of view into today's game. Uh, The main takeaway from my point of view is that, firstly, that Brentford if they continue playing like that and indeed as they did last week, we'll be absolutely fine in the Premier League. Um, We spoke on the previous podcast about how um, attacking intent, not playing within yourself, not being cowed by the opposition is very important. And I think it's fair to say that Brentford did all of that and more and were very unfortunate not to come away with something from the game. Um, But that being said, I think the other takeaway that you'll all probably agree with now having having seen it firsthand in the, first, in the last couple of games is that ultimately if you don't take your chances the quality of the league is so high that other teams can create these these moments of, of magic out of nowhere that can punish you and um, we saw it an awful lot in our first season in particular we were we were performing well in games but coming away empty-handed because of the brilliance of, of certain players and Yuri Tillemans's goal hugely against the run of play real bolt from the blue but it was absolutely exceptional half volley coming towards him he's got to keep the ball down he's got to keep it traveling to beat the keeper from there and it was an absolutely sensational goal um and then the second goal for Leicester whilst we got back into the game I thought in the second half Brentford was still obviously creating still pressing and it was again incisive breakaway wonderful finish and wonderful run ball through and then a simple finish for Madison who who sort of played up to the uh, to the abuse that he was getting a little bit but um hey they've all been playing with Jamie Vardy and from from a Leicester fans point of view I think we've we're going to take massive encouragement from that I think Brentford were you know it's been earmarked as it is a very tricky game for a reason and it certainly was the atmosphere at the ground was absolutely phenomenal phenomenal um even the players from Leicester players, Leicester management have, have pointed upon that. But in Pats and Dakar, it looks like we finally have a man who looks to be showing all the promise to succeed Jamie Vardy, perhaps. And, and now a, an injury to Vardy, which which may have occurred today, whilst obviously not something that you want to see, is no longer the utter disaster there would have been for us a couple of seasons ago. So that was excellent from our point of view. A match score out of ten. I think it was an excellent, an excellent advert for the league in that it was an open game. It was it was entertaining. I'm sure any neutral fans watching that would have enjoyed it. Um, so I think it's probably a seven out of ten. The 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 game was ultimately decided by two absolutely fantastic goals. Um, lots of endeavour as well. Lots of good play on display. So I'll give it a seven out of ten. Um, in terms of fairness. Um, <laughs> It's obviously really going to try and very best to put an objective head on this. Um, I think if you take the first half alone, it, it would have been, it was hugely against the run and play. It was, I would have felt extremely hard done by myself not to, not to have been ahead in the first half, let alone behind. Um, taking the second half where I thought it was more even, uh, Leicester came back into it. I thought re- Defended backs to the wall at times, but ultimately stopped anything too clear cut. So if the Chelsea game was 31%, um, then I think Leicester's was probably around the 50 mark. Not the fairest result for you at all. Um, But ultimately, 
got to score the goals to win the games. Um, but a fantastic game. Um, there's a lot to love about Brentford, a lot to like about the club and the, and the, the players and the fans. So wish you all the best with the rest of the season until the return trip at the King Power. And I uh, look forward to seeing you all then. Cheers. So there you go, Jamie Thorpe, Leicester fan, giving us his opposition takeaways. Very interesting. Gave us a bit of props there as well, you know, to be fair. It's nice when you hear the opposition actually saying that they think that Brentford are going to do all right in the league as well because, I, you know, I, I trust them and I believe them because they've seen lots of Premier League games, so which is all good. But anyway, talking about that match, the Brentford eye-catcher, the player who you thought did the business, the Allard. Well, um, I, I, th- I think it's lazy to say Norgard, but it feels like it is every week. So I will, I'll, I'll give you Zanka. Um, mainly because he, he he scored a goal. I, I thought he's been a great signing, a really good signing, because he's come in and he's just done what he needs to do. Um, got his first goal, but he, he also he had to swap sides as well in a three-man defence um, when Pinnock got injured. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with him. OK, Zanka. And Laney? Uh, I can't. I can't overlook Christian Norgard. I, I know. I know what Matt's saying. I'm, I think. I think it's normally um, Ivan Tony that gets gets the, all the pats on the back on this one. But I think. I think Norgard was was genuinely world class yesterday. I, I, I think he he anticipated everything. He 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 was so strong in the way that he you know one of the opposition would take the first touch and he'd be there and he'd, he'd, he'd just try jump in across them and, and, and nick possession back and he was setting stuff up and he, he 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 was up against some really really tough midfielders and he shone you know he, he looks he looks a world-class player um and you know again he should have scored again for the second game with uh, another acrobat another acrobatic effort so um, yeah I, I, I think he's really coming into his own and he's, he's really found his, his level and uh, what a player just what a player and marks out of 10 for Norgard Lane uh, 9 I'd have to be 9 he, he needs to score and that's, that's how he's going to you know that's how he's going to get a 10 but you know n- that's 9 for the second week running and the Elard Zanka yeah, I'm 8 Eight out of ten, and uh, between the two, you, I've got I've got the same actually. I've got Zanka and uh, and and Norgard, who I thought were tremendous. I think Zanka as well was one of those ones where because he came on a free transfer, it's a little bit of like, okay, who's he? You know, it's a bit, bit like when um when Yanelt uh, sort of popped up you know, out of the blue, not very much money, and you sort of there's no pressure on him, and all of a sudden he's like, oh blimey, he's quite good. And with Zanka, I thought it was going to be a little bit of a like the the geese that we got from a, the, the MLS stroke West Ham last season. I can't even remember what his name is. You know, you know the guy though. You know, he played sort of back. End of the season. Oh, Winston Reed. Yeah. The Winston Reed. I thought it was going to be a bit of a Winston Reed type signing where we just do it for a bit of experience and sort of kind of rabble rousing in the dressing room. But Zanka's definitely been more than that as well. He's been tremendous. He really has. And, you know, the, he's, he's slotted in perfectly. You know, he's just calm on the ball. He's commanding as well. And I think he's been great. But for me, Norgard, Norgard was on another level. You know, he was, you know, when we say to his world class, international class, interestingly, I mean, I watched Match of the Day for the very first time. I actually watched the whole one. I mean, I did see the clip of Match of the Day last time, the little bit which had the Brentford feature. But this is the first time since the first, since, since about 20 years, I've actually seen the whole of Match of the Day. I've not seen the Arsenal game one or the Chelsea game or any of those ones. So I actually sat back and I watched the whole thing from beginning to the end. And the one thing I noticed is that we're second as well. So it must be my luck that we've actually turned up and we're second on the Match of the Day. And then they talked about the fact that, you know, 
know, they were going on about um, Michael Richards was going, oh, Tielemans, man. He was like, oh, yeah, he was all over the place. He was this, he was bossing the midfield. And I was thinking, you must have just watched the highlights because, you know, I'm not being funny, but Norgard was in there. He was blocking, he was tackling, he's running, he was, he was doing everything. And I thought that, you know, Norgard really did have a grip on that midfield. I'm not looking at Tielemans, great player, but Norgard definitely man of the match for me. Um, uh, and I'm going to give him a big. Like Laney, a 9 out of 10. I'll even try to give him a 9.5, actually, out of 10. I'll give him t- not half off for him not scoring that. Can, sorry, can I just jump in real quick? I have to say that a 10 out of 10 moment was that um, Rico Henry, when he had, had Vardy in his pocket. I thought that was incredible. I, I almost I almost said um, Rico for that, but we, we ought to move on. Yeah, that's definitely good. So listen, uh, I mean, we've got obviously the, the, the Brentford eye-catcher. There's always the opposition players who may actually kind of catch your eye as well. Who do you think the opposition danger person was, Laney? Uh, the pantomime villain, James Madison. He was, he, was, he was great, wasn't he? He was great, horrible. He was a bastard. He was brilliant. He was a shitbag and he was just scintillating. He was, he was just everything. And I, and, I, and I just don't know why the fans chose to give him so much grief because he, he he absolutely thrives on it it's like an injection of another percent or another five percent every time he plays he just wants to do it just to wind the fans up and he, he had his moment and he had his blooming you know his his, his dr- dramatic kind of overreaction down by the by the corner flag and winding the fans up but it was coming and we we got to learn as fans you give players like that shit will give you shit back and they're, they're, it's, it's alright when it's like you know down it's, you know it's, it's a QPR player um, and, and they're genuinely not very good but the, these guys are very good and they, they will they will they will, cl- they will catch your shit and they will rub it in your face so learn please learn <laughs> yeah but, but to be fair um, to say this as well to be fair he did start it and he didn't start it This he started it four years ago whenever it was when Norwich came down to Griffin Park and he scored that great goal and then he ran over to the Ealing Road and he properly gave it large and he really really did and I think since then you know we've we've been very unhappy with him you know what I'm saying and, to, and, and when he came again and we just knew what he's going to be like and even his press conference he said it, he goes oh I love it you know I love it scoring at their end as well than giving it to them like you know so he, he was loving it as well and he knew he, he it and said, he said that's my motivation oh yeah that's yeah, there motivation. you go and, 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 I'm not saying we've got to like him don't get me wrong I'm not saying we've got to like him but you know you give, you give him Vardy's wife grief you're giving him grief saying he's never going to play for England they're both going to score against you just just get behind Brentford I'm not saying don't have a laugh but I'm just like get behind your team don't, don't give opposition players an extra reason to want to score against you but I mean, the thing about it is that he is annoying. I mean, we're on right on Madison here, but we've got to just talk about it because you've brought him up. Um, he, um, we were talking about him uh, moving into a, a league, a Brentford league, aren't we, the Allot on in the pub? Yeah, we were saying that we should have a league of um, of maybe the top 10 players, not, not players that have played for Brentford, because I think that becomes easier with your Harley Deans and your Martin Rollins. But it's the players that haven't played for Brentford, don't have a connection with the club as such, the top 10 hated opponents. Um, I, I, I think we kind of know who's top of that. Yeah, well, he's close. But again, don't get me wrong. Don't I hate I hate him, <laughs> but but that's fine. Let's talk about him afterwards, not during the game, because he we know we know what he thrives on. 
Okay, so listen, yeah, we might come up with that actually, and if you maybe we might get you guys to to help us with that actually to compile a top ten most hated uh, players by Brentford fans. Who, who's number one, by the way? Do you think a lot? Are we allowed to say Jamie Curran? I'm not sure. Yeah, you're not allowed to say him on this show, actually. Listen, <laughs> give, give us the marks out of 10 for Madison. 10. Right, Shitbag okay. 10. Right. All right, okay. Uh, the Elod, your uh, Tillemans. Tillemans for me. Um, I, 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 I hear what you're saying about Norgard, and the reason I, I put Tillemans there is that is that in spite of Norgard charging around and being incredible yesterday, Tillemans still operated and he operated really well. He obviously scored that that incredible goal. Um, he also played, uh, although it wasn't technically the assist, he played the through ball for the second goal. Um, I just think he's class. I was nervous about him before the game. I'm pretty sure that the, the, uh, the spreadsheet the spreadsheet winker said, don't give him space outside the box to shoot, um, and we did. And um, he was a worldly, and maybe we couldn't do anything about it. He's a class act. If it, I think if you're picking a Premier League um, first eleven, I think he's in it. Yeah. He's that good. Yeah, yeah. And now, listen, I hear that as well. And I actually had a bit of a, bit of a problem with my opposition eleven because this is the time then you try to be really kind of neutral, okay? And then you're just trying to be, you know, no, you know, listen, you're just you're just you're talking about football here, and you're not talking about any kind of sort of anger or hatred like you know what I'm saying and I looked at it and I thought oh Madison I can't, I can't choose Madison can I and I looked oh Smichael time wasting oh quite a few could say oh I can't choose him like you know who else could I do Shula Dakar but he only played half a game but you know he did sort of lay the ball off of that goal so I was looking at all these players but in the end I thought Tillemans just like you actually he was good you know and he was good and that ball that he played off that, that sort of laid it in which sort of kind of set up the second goal as well. What a fantastic uh, uh, that was. And also his goal that he scored. So fair play to him. And I'll give him as well. I'm going to give him a eight and a half out of ten. Did you give him a score for Tillemans? I haven't yet. No, I'm going to give him an eight out of ten. Um, I, I thought he was good, but but he, he didn't run it. There's no doubt about that. Norgard, you know, at times kept him at bay. Yeah. So, okay. So listen, moving on. Uh, <laughs> in the match, like I said to you, they don't always go to plan. There are certain moments within the match. It might be before the match, during the match, after the match, maybe in the pub, wherever, wherever you're going. There's going to be a stinker of the match or stinker of the day. Um, Laney, what's your stinker? I'm going to give it to VAR. Um, it doesn't seem to like us. Um, I, it, it, I'm confused, still confused, why they seem to check some some teams' chances, some opportunities, and they haven't checked ours. I mean, I, I, I think there's, you know, a pen, the penalty last week, um, you know, the Chelsea uh, situation. We're still, we still really don't really know why that that was checked or or wasn't checked rather. Um, and then yesterday, I think, you know, the, the, as I said, the, the penalty that should have been given, the punch on Pontus. The goal, you know, Ivan Tony certainly wasn't offside. He, you know, we watched it a dozen times. He wasn't offside when Rico plays the ball through to him, and I and, I, and I'm struggling to see how Rico is offside. Um, uh, it, it needs better explanation at the very least. I, I didn't, I didn't see it. If it came up on the screen, it did. It just looked like it wasn't. It hasn't been thoroughly checked, and I, I just need to know where we stand because. You know, some some clubs are getting let offs and, and goals that are given when they're, they're thinking they've been ruled out, and we seem to be getting nothing at the moment. Um, you know, we, we that 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 needs to turn around because I just I'm I'm 
I, I think VAR, I'm not anti-VAR necessarily because I, I think it should be, you know, I've said before, the arbiter of getting getting things exactly right. It's stopped, it's stopped, it's stopped being that now. I just don't, I don't, I don't know how it's being used. Um, and I just know it's not being used to help us at the moment. So VAR gets my stinker of the week. Okay, all right, the LRT. Um, I, I'm actually going to give it to VAR as well. I'm, I'm going to give it slightly different reasons to, to Laney in that I think actually it, it they're not doing a very good job of explaining how it's being used. Um, I, I think especially offsides is where the problem is. So if you think of last week um, where we all said Tony was um, onside when he was given offside and um, and then he was brought down for a penalty... Um, I think that wasn't VAR'd because it didn't lead to a goal because I think they only go back and look at it when it does lead to a goal. So they didn't... So for whatever reason, that doesn't get wrapped into the VAR thing. I think with the one yesterday for the offside, there actually is a VAR um, screenshot now with a line that shows that Tony was slightly offside because he was leaning forwards and the defender was leaning in back, in, in the other way. And maybe, I don't know whether... The, for whatever reason, he is slightly offside, right? But the problem is, is that on the TV broadcast, we didn't see that because we we're in the stadium. TV broadcast, it took half an hour or so for that for that shot to come up. So basically, it created this whole thing in like the Twitter sphere where everyone was saying it doesn't look offside, and and I think they used a screenshot that was slightly before Henry kicks the ball and Tony looks onside at that point. So I just don't think it's being it's just not being explained very well. It's not being used very well and it is causing loads of confusion. I I I'm also with the with the Pontus thing. I don't know why that wasn't looked at. That that could easily have been a penalty. Maybe it was looked at and they decided it wasn't. But um but Pontus did sort of get punched in the face, albeit that he had headed the ball by the time he got punched in the face. Yeah, uh, but if if a late tackle goes in and a, and the and a and a midfield say a midfielder badly controls the ball he gets to the ball first and the ball doesn't reach a part the pass isn't completed or it goes out for a throw in if someone goes in late and then breaks his breaks his ankle there's still a red card offense it's not about the accuracy yeah. about the accuracy of the chance or the pass it's about the late challenge and it was a late challenge I, I, yeah I, I don't disagree I just think that's why it might not have been given um, because and you can still make a very good argument if there's a fist coming at your face you're probably not going to be able to head the ball you know, on target because you're going to be thinking about trying to avoid that as for, as, as well. So I just think it, it it's not clear how it's being used. Um, I suppose we're new to it, and um, I'm not I'm not really clear. I can think I can come up with explanations, but I'm just not sure it's um yeah clear. Yeah, for me on a clean sweep here, I've gone VAR as well, and it's not just because I think the thing is that a lot of people just moan about VAR and they just say if it doesn't go your if it doesn't go your way, we hate VAR. But I'm like you. Where the confusion is here, you know, people looking back on it saying, oh, actually, maybe we should have had a goal last week against Chelsea, which has changed things massively in our favour. Uh, apparently, today on TalkSport, there was a referee talking saying, actually, you know, we should have got a penalty. Um, I believe it was, or was it the offside? The offside should have not been an offside, I think it was. Uh, but the referee was talking about it on TalkSport as well, you know. And, uh, you know, like I said to you, it's the whole VAR thing is so up in the air. Um, and, 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 and it's even worse when decisions don't go your way and it just does kill the vibe. So you're sort of thinking, oh, so you've got a situation where VAR kills the vibe in a game where you're sitting down there where you, you can't even celebrate because you don't know whether or not it's going to be a goal or not, you know, and then it doesn't go your way anyway. So I think that they need to, that, I think, as you said, I think this new offside rule, which is a, it's a not bit of a nightmare. I mean, I don't know if you ever 
uh, run, have to run the line on a on a Sunday morning or Saturday or Sunday morning. I mean, I do it for you know my daughter's team sometimes. I'm like, I have to run the line, and the nightmare we have is sit down there thinking, all right, we have to do the we have to do the new rule where you know if you're offside, you can't actually kind of flag it until you know a particular moment or so if somebody touched the ball and stuff like that. And it's really actually really quite confusing. So I think that this has actually kind of thrown a new element into it, as as Matt said, you know, as to what you know, what you do look out for and what VAR might call up. And I just think that that rule for me is just, it just, it's just really kind of messed things up massively because it's just made things really complicated. So for me, the VAR, I'm going to give the VAR a nine out of 10 as well, because it's lost us. I reckon it's lost us at least a couple of points to be quite honest with you. So that's the stinker of the I match. need to give so my VAR bill. I'm going to give I it. Give I'm nine. Give, you give a nine? No, I don't think I did, but I'm going to give it a nine. So it's not that exciting. <laughs> I'm also, yeah, I'll tell you what I'm also going to say though, is that, um, I, I, I go and watch my niece play football sometimes now and I dread the day they ask me to, to, to run the line because, <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't really understand. I don't particularly understand the rule. I kind of can work it out when I see it. And and the other thing is is that I actually genuinely thought that, that um, it was offside when I was in the stadium and I didn't stand up to celebrate because I just thought it was offside, um, which, which it, it was far closer than I thought it was when I actually looked back at it on the TV. Yeah, and I have to admit, I mean, I ran the line, was it not last week? Not this weekend, the weekend beforehand, I ran the line. And I have to admit, I, I missed two dead cert offsides as well. I was pulled up on it by my uh, my colleagues on the byline. I goes, come on, Bill, keep up with the game. I missed two dead certs as well, because again, I didn't know when to put the flag up or let it down. And when they touch it, you know, just didn't keep up with play, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, game got ahead of me. So uh, yes, I'm with you there, the LR, you know, you just have to sort of come to the game late, sort of sneaking a little bit late I, so they don't I, hand the flag to you, don't you? I, yeah, I used to wear, I used to wear footwear that wouldn't allow you to run the line. <laughs> Actually, somebody turned up the other day. He's wearing Wellington boots on, a, on Astro Turf, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's um, why, because he didn't want to run the line. <laughs> anyway, listen, moving on. Key moment. Tell me, Laney, what was your key moment? I think my key moment was uh, Mbwemo's miss. Uh, I think at that stage, then I turned to you and said, We are really, we are, that's really going to cost us. And um, I think. Really, I think that kind of dictated what happened afterwards. I know we equalised, but uh, I, I think at that stage, I, 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 see, I stopped thinking that we would win um, after after what was a great start. I just thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's going to be another like frustrating afternoon. And, you know, I won't lie. And, you know, when Zanka equalised, I thought, oh, there's a good chance we can go on and win it because we could have done. Um, I, I, for me personally, that I kind of I reset my expectations of that game because I think you know there have been a few that have gone before having watched them back I didn't realise quite how good they were but I thought yeah if Mbwemo's not scoring um, it's probably not going to be our afternoon again because Tony was getting no service and that didn't improve um, so yeah for me that was my that was my that was my kind of turning point the Elard um, mine was actually so so we go we, we go one all and you kind of feel the momentum's with us and um and then Frank the tank he breaks through and Madison brings him down and Madison takes a yellow card he takes it on the chin and he stops that sort of momentum everyone has to get gives Leicester time to get back they we take a free kick Schmeichel gathers it he goes long um I think it's the Nacho isn't it gets past Rico and they score their goal they came straight up our end and score their goal and if Madison doesn't f- commit that foul there all of that doesn't happen right 
you know. And, and and there's also a little bit of me that thinks if Rico does the same as Madison, then Leicester don't score the second. So basically, you're saying yeah, it's quite similar to like like what last season when we were when we weren't taking players out when we probably thought we should have been. We weren't sort of kind of as uh, as, as shithousery as as we thought we should be, and we tried to change up our game. So that's basically saying that a bit of shithousery goes down very well. Um, unfortunately, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't think it should be rewarded, but but it is, and and that's 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 the game, isn't it? Then, yeah, yeah. And for me, I actually think the key moment for me was actually Mbumo's injury, because when he when he got injured, you know, basically we we kind of ended up sort of making the substitutions so in and around then, and the substitutions that came on didn't really work. And we've had subs before that have worked, but the subs didn't work this time, and it was a bit frustrating because at that time we were even though we've gone behind. You know, we were doing very well, went behind, but still we kept on going. And that first half, we were right in the game. And then the second half, you know, we, we, we equalised and you could feel the crowd were behind it. Again, that, that goal, that, as you said, came completely out of the blue again. But fair play to them, very well taken goal. And that kind of knocked the wind out of us as well. And then the substitutions, I think, which came after that, just really just knocked the wind out of us. Um, I, I think I think the substitutions came after that, didn't they? Did they? But anyway, I could I could feel that when Bumo came on the substitutions, they didn't give us another option, um, and, and onto there, and 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 that for me was I think a key point in the game because the crowd went flat, the team went flat, and we just kind of felt that we're not going to get back from that one. So yeah, so for me that was a that was a massive um, frustration frustrating moment and a, a massive key moment for the bees. Listen, but positives. And negatives rolled into one, uh, Laney. Uh, positives: the amount of chances that we created, and um, we've we've done it in every game, and that that's important because you know, and I've I've said it doesn't seem that a lot of luck is going our way. We're still creating really high quality chances, so the XG is going to be good again. Uh, so that's important. That's that's all that kind of really matters. I I think you know we can't. We're not going to win every game, and we are going to lose games at this level. You know, if anyone thinks that we're going to get promoted to the Premier League and we're going to be unbeaten most weeks, like re- reset your expectations, please, because it's going to do us all a a, a big favour over the course of the season. Um, we are we're learning on the job, and we're doing a brilliant job um, in learning. So you know, enjoy it. Um, so, as I said, creating these chances is the most important thing. I do believe the VAR jinx is going to go our way soon. I do believe that the chances will start going in the back of the net rather than the bar or worldies that are tips over by the keeper. I think I think that tide will change. So they're the positives. Um, and the negatives that are kind of tied to that a little bit was... There online afterwards, so I started to sniff that the the two defeats it was was already enough to have some fans uh, uh, stretching for the panic button. Um, you know, there was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna name people or whatever because you know there's there's no positive in that doing that. But I think there's a you know there's there's it was a few comments going around about you know. Uh, hypercritical, I'd say, and I, I don't think I don't think anything I've seen this season um, warrants that because you know you said it earlier, Bill. The three defeats have all been just by a single goal. Um, we've been in every single game, um, and we've done ourselves, our club, our town, and our supporters proud this year. Um, and we are going to lose games, so I think the negative is, is that. Already, people are kind of looking for excuses to kind of start start slagging the team off. 
Um, they they don't deserve that, and we, we just 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 realise we are going to lose games this year. Um, and the quicker you get used to that, the quicker your stress levels will go down. I'm not saying get you know ever accept it, and you know obviously we want our team to to win, but you know just just rein in your expectations and your demands sometimes. This year, the Elard. Um Yeah, so my my positive is that um, I think we're really good at set pieces, aren't we? Now, you know. I think it's come gradually, and um, I, I, I just think, yeah, we're we're really good at them. Whether it's a, you know, corners. I mean, Jensen took so much criticism, but on Saturday he hits the near post. He hits the guy at the near post. He scores. Um, the long throw-ins, maybe not. Maybe Mads is our main guy on that, but 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 nevertheless, it still causes trouble. Um, I just think we're yeah we're really good at set pieces. That that's my positive. My, my negative, I don't think we're quite as threatening in open play as we have been. Um, and uh, I just would like us to. I, I love it when you when one of our players sort of gets to the byline or or the edge of the air and he just pulls it back and somebody goes into the into the penalty area around the penalty spot. They're the easiest goals to score. I'm not seeing that move at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's been proven as well. The stats are there where our set-piece XG is very high and our open-play XG is not quite as high. And as one thing we talked about as well in the pub, where we, you know, we see these people like, you know, Tielemans and, you know, Buendia, you know, and um, Trossard from Brighton as well, you know, they bang the ball. Let's just get the ball outside the area and then bang, back of the net, you know. And we're... It's almost like we kind of seem to have it drummed into us that, you know, with the XG, you need to literally put the ball on the six-yard box and put it in the back of the net. Um, uh, if, it's, if you're an open play, you know, like Mbumo um, did a few, was it last week or the week before? You know, so that seems to be the way that we play and we're just sort of thinking, you know, maybe we need to have a little bit more of that cavalier to us as well. I mean, I know somebody said that maybe, you know, the players that we have are not as good as these players, but how do, how do you know? Because, you know, they've, they've done it. I mean, um, uh, Yenel has done it in a few times that he's been, you know, on the pitch as well. Um, and I know that obviously uh, Ben Rama was the person that used to sort of pull it out of the hat for us if we needed to. We haven't got a Ben Rama in, at the moment now, but like I said to you, maybe this is coming out of the injuries that we've got. So Visa, you know, we've seen the goals that he scored and, you know, maybe this is something that he's got in his hat as well. But obviously we can't see it because he's he's injured at the moment now. So, um, yeah, so, so I'm hearing that. I mean, for me... The, uh, the, the, the you know the, the positives and the negatives are, are the fact we're still competing you know listen every single game we, we've not been out of it not one game like I said to you we haven't done a Norwich or we haven't done a you know what are the, these other teams out there even Arsenal you know they've been completely out of it Man United I mean that's a prime example of a team that has been absolutely battered you know by a team that we managed to hold you know on our own turf as well Liverpool like you know so like we haven't we haven't done a Man United or a Norwich or a, or any of these other stuff so I think that for me is a massive positive the slight worry again if you come to stats on the xg side is that you know that how much creation we're making okay we're doing all right defense okay we're letting two goals this week but defensively we're doing all right but you know we need to be creating uh more i mean if you look at the xg i think we're in the in the justice league and we'll talk about that a little bit later we're about number four i think it is in the justice league which means that we're creating a lot but we're obviously not putting the ball in the back of the net considering we're in 12th place in the leagues like you know so you know is that down to lucky is it down to really bad finishing is it down to 
you know, headspace. I don't know what it is, but, you know, obviously if we'd put the balls in from the chances that we're creating, then we would actually be probably in the top six or not say probably we would be in the top six without a shadow of a doubt. We might even be sort of kind of top four, like, you know, so we're not creating, we're not scoring the goals yeah, that we should be. So is that a worry? You know, Ivan Tony, is he got too much pressure on him? Should he be playing a different role further up the pitch? Is he doing too much work all over the pitch? I don't know, you know, and uh, like I said to you, edge of the area shooting like these other people are doing. Maybe we just need to get involved in a little bit more uh, spontaneity and just getting out there and seeing and actually shooting the ball on target. So, uh, but anyway, that's positives and negatives for me. On the away day, there's no the fans, the away day, the day out. Laney, give us your thoughts on that. My day out was pretty crap, if I'm honest with you. My, I realised that the trains weren't working from where I am, so I had to drive, and that just really changed everything because I just couldn't get to the pub earlier. I couldn't have something to eat early. Um, I, I, I couldn't have a drink afterwards, really, because I knew I had to drive back. Um, so that, that wasn't great. Um, the atmosphere in the stadium, I thought, was really decent. I think the... the, the players gave us every reason to get beyond the team for the first half the, the singing was really good I think the Ivan Tony song starting to starting to take root um, we just need a goal from him now and I think the whole place will be doing the old Baccarat kind of yes sir Ivan Tony and I think that that's about to erupt that's going to be great later on in the season um, still still can't hear the away end I think they were really really loud but we can't hear them so I, I, I'm not equipped to comment on them um, I didn't meet any on the way in or on the way out, so it's, I think that's. I think the new stadium means we don't. We're kind of very disconnected from the away fans. We don't see them, um, and you know our local pub is probably too far away from them to, or to for many of them to to want to to want to go to. So yeah, I think that's. I'm missing that a bit. You know. Um, I think it's it's I think that's been diluted a little bit that we're not we're not sort of getting our chums um our chum fix but uh yeah so overall I thought it was a, a 7 out of 10 which is not bad okay 7 out of 10 uh, the LOD. yeah I mean we we're, um, we're sort of mixing it up a bit we 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 did go back to the globe after the game which was um good fun seeing everybody um but before the game I don't like this these 2 o'clock kickoffs I don't I don't like these 2 o'clock kickoffs there's just not enough time because nowhere apart from you know the odd pub opens before midday. Nowhere that serves alcohol. Sorry, and I suppose it depends whether you it depends whether you really need alcohol. Opens before midday. Um, but we did find a brunch place that did amazing Bloody Marys. Um, so that worked really rather well. That was in Chiswick, and then um, and then and then a beer, beers and an Italian craft beer place, and then jumped on the bus. Um, only a quick two or three minutes on the bus to the ground, and um, and in we went. Um, so it was a we, we had a really really good day out in that respect. Um, in the it, for the game, um, I, I, I yeah, I, th- I think we were really good as fans at the probably up to about the sixty sixty fifth minute, and 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 then I think as as it drops a bit on the pitch, it probably dropped a bit in the crowd as well. Um, I, I hear what Laney's saying about about the away supporters. I. I it must be the design of the stadium. Um, it'd be interesting actually to go up the um, up the east end and hear whether, see whether you can actually hear the west stand, particularly because we certainly don't seem to be able to hear the away fans. Even I'm I'm, I'm north, albeit a bit quite quite far towards west. Um, so it's a bit odd that, isn't it? Or, or is it that none of the away fans make any noise? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So give us a marks out of ten for your 
You're done. Um, it was um, eight. It was an eight. Yeah, mm. yeah. But but these two o'clock kickoffs. Can we just not? Can they be three o'clock? It's not on telly. Why is it at two o'clock? Yeah. Good question. Uh, and for me, it was I, I was on the I was on the driving actually as well on the rear front because I actually went out. To, I went to Lionesses game at Wembley the day before, and it was <laughs> it was quite a long day. I got to Vox Park, which which is normally quite rubbish. Vox Park. Uh, but I actually went there before the game, and it was actually really good. And so, uh, and club shop Am was there, and a load of load of it was about twenty five of us, about twenty five or thirty of us actually, I think it was. And we had a right laugh. The DJ there was fantastic. You know, the music, drinks, met come on friends I haven't seen since the World Cup in twenty nineteen in France as well. So it was really good. So we went there afterwards and ended up staying out till about eleven o'clock till the lights came up and they sort of kicked us out of the place. So uh, the the need for me to have a drink on a on Sunday was was very minimal. Let's just put it that. That way so I drove so as far as I'm concerned I saw the day in sort of sober eyes and uh like I said lack of lack of Leicester fans for me again you know the obviously learning the turf you know I like to mix with the, the the opposition just to find out what the vibe is beforehand so we didn't quite get that which is a bit of a shame you know so uh, we didn't get that inside the stadium I thought again the singing was all right but again, it's this, this, this game at the beginning. I thought, yeah, everyone's pointing for it, but it just petered off a little bit. It picked up obviously when we scored, but then when it just went flat again. And I think we need to work out how we can kind of keep it going for games like your Leicester's and your Norwich's and your Burnley's and your, your teams like that who are not your Chelsea's and your Man United, who are your sort of you know your sort of kind of newspaper headline type teams. But you know, can keep it going through that because you know as we go into our second or third season, if we you know fingers crossed could do this in the stadium here, we're gonna you know the I'd say the novelty's going to wear off, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have to be been here and we're going to see these teams play a few times. So we're not going to need to pick it up against them. And we, we don't want it to be the old library because we're already, and the fact that we're, we're not, you know, we're not massive, not saying we're not massively feared, but the stadium is not as ferocious as I would like to think it would be for maybe teams like this, as it is for your Liverpools and your Chelsea's when they come here, when it's absolutely ferocious. And we need to try and see how we can flip that. So for me, the away day um, or the day out for me was a probably a seven out of 10 kind of laney. We did all right, you know, but, but could do better. So uh, I'm going to ask the question now because we ask this every week. Um, and it comes out and the info goal gives us the fairness of the result. And like I said to you, you know, we thought we did pretty well, um, but we didn't quite get the result we wanted. So how fair was this result for you, the Allard? Um, 60%, I said. And I, I, I don't know what it actually is, but that's what I said. That was my feeling. Um, I haven't cheated. I, I put that out there uh, early yesterday, I think. Yes, that's right. So 60%. So you thought it was... Uh, unfair but not not matter you know. yeah so so to try and explain it i think i i think the xg is something like 1.4 to us 1.01 to them so probably fair is is one all but i guess two one either way is still somewhat fair didn't feel fair but but i'm, I'm thinking it probably was fairish 60 percent fair right. laney i believe i said 43 percent I think it was 43% fair, I think. You said 42%. 42, it, okay, I'll stick, to, I'll stick to 42. Um, yeah, I, I think the amount of chances we created in the first half um, were way better than the amount of chances they created other than the two goals they scored. Um, I think we deserved at least one more, so that makes it unfair. I think on another day we win that game. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say less than 50, um, maybe, maybe 45, but I'll, I'll stick to 42. 
Okay, and just to let you know, so on that one, like I said, 2.39 to 1.01 on the XG front as well. Pontus Janssen, again, missing another chance, 50, just over, basically one in two would have gone in the back of the net for that one. And he misses yet again on the ninth, on the third minute, actually, wasn't it? Very, very early on. That that was the biggest chance of the game for us as well. You know, Ivan Tony missed the chances at 12%. You know, we had quite a few sort of kind of sort of 10% chances in and around the area, probably about five or six or seven or eight sort of kind of chances in and around the area which we probably could or should have scored they were a lot lower than that Pontus Janssen which is a massive chance you know as for Leicester like I said to you they you know they obviously had the Madison goal which he scored which was again pretty similar to the the the, the, the Janssen chance one in two you know but other than that they had a couple of chances like you know uh, Dakar and uh, Perez as well which were sort of one in ten in and around the area they had a couple of those and then but other than that the goal that they scored which was uh, oh, I don't even know what that was that was a ridiculous like you know I don't even know what that was that was uh, I think that was one in I can't even measure. I think you, one didn't in, you say one. one in I think you said one in hundred after the post in the post match yesterday. I think you said yeah, one in hundred. I think it's one. I think it is one. I think it is one in a hundred. Quite literally, it was What's one it? in a hundred of those going in the back of the net. So that kind of shows you what you play with. So on a fairness. On a fairness front, like I said to you, uh, I mean, for me, I actually went for 55% as well, you know, just sort of saying that I thought that, you know, probably we could have actually got a result out there. And the actual fairness rating on this one was probably a little bit higher than we all thought, which was 70.1, actually, in a fairness rating. So it was in the yellow, which means that it was unfair in the amber unfairness but still um it was uh, it, and it probably could have gone either way but they were saying you know it was unfair but probably you know fair fair play to them 2-1 was uh, was good as it is considering the chances so there you go um let's have a little bit of a league recap so where we are at the moment now where are we at the moment now so we are brentford we have played let me just have a look let me just have a look at see where the recap is we have played nine games we're in 12th place we're three points off sixth place which is spurs we're at eight points off 17th place, which is Burnley. Um, we've got Wolves, Arsenal and Leicester just above us. We've got Villa, Watford and Palace just below us. So um, I'm just saying, so that's, again, listen, you would have taken that a couple of months ago, wouldn't you, Laney? Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, we've got three games now that we should be expecting to pick up some points. You know, I'm not going to um, sit here and say that the three bottom teams and we should win we should be getting nine points. It's not going to work like that. Um, they're scrapping. Um, so I think I think we will get points. We're not going to draw a blank from the next three. So our league position will improve. It's still really tight there. Um, you know, a win yesterday, we, we go into the top six. Um, or we go fourth. We could have gone fourth or something ridiculous. So any, anything is still possible. We need to put on a little run now. Um, but it's just the injuries. So, yeah, the, the, league's, the league's looking good. You know, we're so far away from the, from the trapdoor nonsense that's going on down the bottom. Um, and long may that continue because that, uh, that gives us the freedom and the capacity to kind of like just keep playing our way and learn. You know, next year we might flip it up a little bit, but for the moment, you know, it's, it's, going, it's going our way, way, even though it, you know, even the way it doesn't look like it sometimes. Just quickly, are there any results uh, over the weekend that you thought, hmm, okay, that's interesting, or that might do us a bit of a favour? Uh, Leeds not winning again. I think Leeds are going to, you know, they they will win at some stage. I think that they're, they're you know, the myth of Bielsa is, is something that's entertaining me at the moment. Um, and the, uh, you know, Burnley not winning again, that that's good. Um, Norwich hemorrhaging, that's that's good. 
Um, Watford's game was obviously totally bonkers. Um, that won't happen again every week, but uh, you know that was <laughs> incredible to see that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think you know, I th- uh, you know, Everton. I was was a game that I was kind of thinking, oh god, you know, that's, that's going to be a right toughie. But you know, they're they're, <laughs> they're far from the finished article as well. And I, I just think there's so so many teams that are just kind of inconsistent. It, that allows us to be slightly as well. And I I think we I think we'll do all right in the coming weeks. Um, and then you know December's just crazy month, so yeah, all good so far. Okay, and and Allard, quickly, just any results there for you? The Watford result, um, it, it's sort of uh, is it is it? I don't know if it's warning signals, whether you just write it off as a freak result. I'm not really sure. I kind of thought Watford. If you finish above Watford, then you've only got two more teams to finish above, um, and um, Watford are sort of hot on our heels at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, it was a bit it was a bit disconcerting that one. Yeah, yeah, and just going back to like I said to you, Brentford, we like our stats, and we every now we delve into it. If you check out the Pride of West London podcast on Thursday, we have uh, Will also up the spreadsheet winker who's going to be giving us all sorts of stats on this game and also on the Burnley game coming at the weekend. And just looking at it, we're going back to actually one of our old friends, five thirty-eight as well, because it, we only seem to do this actually when we're doing quite well, like last season as well. Don't do it when you're at the bottom of the table. But just looking at their predictions, they have this whole mathematical prediction thing, and they sort of kind of sort of kind of predict you using you know your form and everything like that how the team's going to do what position they're going to be what points you're going to get and then in the, like I said to you in the Justice League and in for goal we're fourth with Man City Liverpool and West Ham above us you know basically in unexpected goals but they've actually predicted us to finish 14th now interestingly 538 have actually predicted us to finish 11th on 90 49 points at the moment with a 8% chance of relegation at the moment now and this makes me laugh. Four percent chance of us actually making the Champions League. Okay, so you putting a putting a bet on the Champions League, Laney? I spoke to someone today that had put twenty quid on us to finish fourth. So uh, there are people out there that are tucking in. Now I'm not going to do that, but um, I'm not going to bet on us all season. I, I, I'm I, I did all right betting on Brentford last year, but this year is too too tough to call, mate. Too tough to call. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and just looking at, like I said, you're looking at this, it's uh, it's quite interesting because they've got, you know, us finishing, like I said to you, in uh, 11th place. You know, Wolves and Brighton, Leicester just above us. Everton, Afton Villa and Southampton just below us. Uh, 49 points. They've got Norwich, Newcastle and Burnley in the bottom three places. 27, 33 and 36 points they've got there with Man City romping at the top with 87 points. But we'll see how that pans out over the season. We like talking about this because it's just a little bit of fun, like you say. But anyway, listen, just giving a little bit of a summing up on this game. Laney, give us your summing up. My summing up is that we have to... Now, put that behind us, and then we have to really focus on these next three or four games. Um, probably the three, because we've got an international break, and then we've got this crazy December and early January where, you know, we, we'll have to kind of... I don't want to look too far ahead, because we we talk about that on Thursday, probably. But, yeah, three games to really set our stall out, and that's, that's not that's not necessary to change much. But that's to actually start putting the ball in the back of the net again, and um, I think I think I think there'll be a little bit less apprehension 
um, and a little bit more confidence and a little bit more belief and swagger about us. Maybe not Saturday because Saturday against Burnley is a, is a proper toughie. But um, you know, we've got then we've got two two games. I think Newcastle away is something that is, everyone's going to be excited about. I think we, we could do really well there. And Norwich is is a game where you know we get at least one point. I'm sure. So um, yeah, I, I think refocus on the next three games and um, let's let's see ourselves pushing in the positive direction again. The Elard, um, I think in in sum up um, where we are, um, I don't think we should have been too surprised by Saturday. Um, I think we've got we've actually got a big game coming up Wednesday because I really think that's it's important we come through that unscathed. Uh, who knows what team's going to be put out, but the B team are playing as well on Wednesday, I think. Um, so that would suggest it's going to be the bench plus other first teamers. Um, we, we need to get through that unscathed because the injuries are just starting to pile up. And I've always had this concern that that is what could catch us out. Um, we need, um, and ultimately, we need to stay ahead of the game. We need to go into that December run. Way well ahead of the game, well ahead of a point per game in the bag. And and again, we've got the match Stoke on Wednesday. Um, I'm going to be going up there. I'm not quite sure I'm getting up there. We're going up there on Wednesday as well. Lainey's going up there. Quite a few people are going up there. The coaches, I think, are full. The tickets have gone off sale as well now. And I know we haven't spoken much about Stoke because we, we like to review the match at the weekend. This is what we do on this one as well. But we'll talk about the Stoke game, no doubt, on Thursday. In the, the Thursday podcast, we'll talk about it in sort of retrospect, as it is like, you know. Uh, for me, summing up, I mean, there's not much summing up to say other than the rest. we're still in the game. We're still very much in the game. We're getting more and more respect applaud it's from people who are actually kind of tipping their hats and saying fair play to Brentford I think you're going to do all right this season like I said to you the away fans have been saying that for me that's a big big thing when the away fans say it as well you know and the fact that also people are starting to write us off for next season I quite like that actually they're kind of giving up writing us off for this season and writing us off for next season which I think is brilliant you know so let's have some of that as well so um so let's just just carry on big game on Sunday Saturday as well away to Burnley it's going to be a bit of a trip that we'll talk about that on Thursday that's going to be a bit of a monumental journey to try and get the, all the trains are out as well so that's going to be fun but anyway we'll talk about that another time but listen this is the besotted pride of west london weekend review i'm billy grant and i've sat here very jollily uh, i feel like i'll tell you something i couldn't have done this yesterday i feel a lot better now chatting to my chums about this now today on monday night than i did do uh, on a sunday night so i've got the allard in the house yep good shout more energy tonight i think than there would have been yesterday and indeed and uh, lelaney in the house good evening to you william Good evening to you, Lainey. Listen, don't forget to uh, support us. Buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thanks for everybody who has supported us so far. Don't forget to subscribe to us as well. And also, you can chat us on all your, well, favourite podcast channels, prideofwest.london, if you want to get us on the internet as well. We've got the next podcast out on, actually, say Thursday. It's going to be Friday because we've got a game on Wednesday, as we said. So we're going to be on the coaches and cars on Wednesday. So we record on Thursday. We'll get it out on Friday for you. And so make sure you consume, make sure you subscribe. It'll go straight to your phone or your laptop or your iPad or whatever you do as well. But anyway, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thanks for your support. Thanks for all the people that's come up to us. And we have very much enjoyed ourselves. And we didn't get the result this week, but hopefully we'll get a result on Wednesday and Saturday as we say buy us a beer come on come you on you
the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.